All right, welcome back, friends and family, to another episode of the podcast, and Happy New Year with me, as almost always recently, <laughs> my good friend, Mr. Jason Squire. How are you, Jason? I'm doing great. So, first, we know what people are coming here for at this point, especially when you are on the podcast. It is all of your Royal Fork news. I think that's what we are well known for now at this yes. point. And if you haven't been following along, Jason and I, I don't know, at one point we just talked about the Royal Fork Buffet, which was kind of a Midwestern buffet. And it has become like an obsession at this point. And other people are starting to participate, which is a lot of fun. We talked last time uh, about someone sending us in some Royal Fork pictures. Now... Your sister came through pretty huge at Christmas time. You want to say what your sister drummed up here? So at Christmas, I opened this box that had eBay markings on it, and I want to say it was either Missouri or Arkansas. And my sister Jamie, uh, for my Christmas gift, got me two Royal Fork food trays like legit from royal fork branded royal fork food trays she told me to give luke one which i did so luke is now holding this gem in his hand yes so thank you so much first of all and this is it's pretty exquisite i'll post some pictures since we're just doing this audio but uh, it, it is like if you can picture if you're not familiar with Royal Fork, like the high school cafeteria where you have the large tray, but this is just a large, it doesn't have the compartments, it's where you would put your plates on it, but it even has the Royal Fork logo, the insignia in the corner, which is a pretty great little logo, actually. It, it just has that 60s vibe, but it looks like a crown and a fork at the same time, which is legit yes yeah so it's it's beautiful it's magnificent thank you so much it will be on my shelves that uh, are behind me whenever i'm podcasting or filming video stuff so keep an eye open for the royal fork tray just thinking like someday when we die and our families are getting rid of our stuff like why does he have a Royal Fork tray? <laughs> well, at this rate, it may be an entire Royal Fork. We may we may be buried in a Royal Fork at this point. Oh, that would be that would be great. A, a defunct so, Royal Fork. So thank you, Jamie. It uh, where my dream is to find someone who carved the meat at Royal Fork and autographed the tray. We we also might have a even better surprise coming. We're we're waiting to find out, but it. It, this could be the deal maker for us. Yeah, yeah. So keep tuning in for some more Royal Fork information. But thank you to Jamie. That is a pretty magnificent poll. Yes, it is. <laughs> Next, we'll start our regular segments. Good news. I first wanted to shout out. I got a message from Missy Schmidt um, talking about the last organization that we highlighted, which was One Simple Wish. That was the organization where they they grant wishes, particularly to children who are in foster care. Mm -hmm. And something that Missy sent that I think is often overlooked for young people in foster care, something that they can always use, is luggage. Oh. 
Which, when she mentioned it, I guess I had heard that before, but I didn't really think about it. Having luggage is a much more dignified way to travel, if you will, mm -hmm. if, if you're having to go between some different living situations as opposed to just throwing everything in a bag, a garbage yeah. bag, a mesh bag, something like that. So that's something I didn't really think about, but those little things that just help people feel dignified, empowered. I don't have a lot of firsthand experience with foster care, but of course we've had a number of students mm -hmm. go through that we've had that are in a foster care situation. And then of course, my grandparents, I think I've talked about here before, had 14 of their own children. And then over the course of time brought in 10 foster kids as well. So that's something that is at least close to my extended family. And my mom experienced that a lot growing up uh, in her house. So that's that was just another great little tip. And I appreciate people participating in these, kind of sending mm -hmm. me messages. Uh, it makes it a little bit more communal as we're doing these things. Speaking of, this week's good news organization was suggested by someone you know pretty well. My wife, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jason's wife, Rachel, sent me an organization, and I really like what they're doing. The organization is Free to Play Academy, and it's free, the number two, Play Academy. Their website is F2, the number two, P, then the word academy, f2pacademy.org. Their whole focus is empowering kids through healthy lifestyle, particularly movement, and also they focus on generosity, like teaching kids to move, be active, and be generous with others. I think that's a pretty good foundation mm -hmm. for life. Um, they make the program available to schools and organizations for free. And I'm just a big proponent of exercise, taking care of your body. We know there is a strong mind-body connection. So I think anything that promotes that, this whole kind of podcast, we talk about social-emotional stuff, that physical thing is very important. Mm -hmm. And coming from your wife, Rachel, who is a physical therapist, she sees a lot the impact of just how we move and how we exercise and the impact people's physical abilities have on their entire lives. And I will say, just a shout out to Rachel, she's a fantastic physical therapist. I have gone to her on several occasions when I'm destroying my body, trying to do things like I'm still 16 years old, and it turns out I'm not. So thank you to her for sharing that organization. I'm biased. I think she's the best around, but that's <laughs> I, I have a little bias on that. But yeah, she, um, she did a class up in Michigan, and um, that's where I think she learned about this organization. So oh, she nice. Was... Very good. Our family time... For this week. We haven't done family time the last two episodes, but now school will be starting up again this week. So back to our family time social emotional curriculum. We're talking about self-efficacy this week. 
Any initial thoughts on the importance of self-efficacy, Mr. Squire? <laughs> it's good to have. <laughs> <laughs> it, is. it is. It is good to have. <laughs> yeah. Again, Jason doesn't know what we're going to talk about <laughs> yep, when we come I, into these. <laughs> I come in cold. <laughs> So basically, for our social-emotional learning competencies, we're back to self-awareness. And this is something, I guess maybe you can speak to this. From my perspective, a lot of our students struggle with having genuine self-confidence. I see that a lot. I think there are a lot of very wonderful things about this generation, and I'm... I'm obviously generalizing, but I think there is a lot of support. I think there's a lot more openness. We've talked about this, a lot more openness talking about social emotional needs, things like that. But I also see, and maybe there's just less bravado in general. I don't know. Maybe there's a little less posturing than like when we were in school, but I, and and I'm glad students can be open and honest about it, but I have a lot of students who are kind of in that. I can't do that mentality. I'm not good at this. I don't have a lot of self-confidence. And it's pretty hard to be successful, high achieving in anything if you don't have that self-confidence. Have you seen similar things? Yeah, and I'm always encouraging my students, if they don't know how to do something, try. And I always tell them, it's like, I've never told you not to try. And, I've, mm. and, you know, I teach computer classes, and a lot of times, especially, like I think with Microsoft Excel, when we do formulas, students are like, well, I'm not sure how to do it. It's like, well, let's, you know, I, I walk them through, and I'm at the very beginning of class, I'm like, I want you to try. I said, and I always tell them, I said, you try. I'll come and look. If it's not right, then that's great. But you gave it a shot. I, I don't want you to be paralyzed by that fear of failure. Hmm. You're going to learn more by trying it versus me just telling you how to do it the first time. But I would, in as many years as I've taught now, I notice that more. I think it's that kind of deer in the headlights, just that the fear of not having it right, right away. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because when we were in school, maybe our teachers were a little more blunt with us on some of those things too, and just told us, "Well, just do it." Yeah. I don't. I don't know how it. You know what has changed there, but I've I've seen that trend as well. Well, and I I think that is oftentimes a shortcoming of our educational system. And again, I'm not. There are a lot of great things happening in individual classrooms. But that is a lot of students fall in that trap of what do I need to do to get the A? What do I need to do to get whatever grade? I just want to go through ABC, tell me what to do so mm. I can complete it and move on to the next thing. And that is a bit of a failing on, on our side that we put a lot of pressure there. There is a lot of pressure still for the grades, for the mark, for whatever it is, where I can test that everyone likes learning. They like learning what they're interested mm. in and sometimes we we're in a situation where we're trying to give information that may not not every student is going to be excited about jumping into but it is hard to get past that 
that fear of failure. I see it in my art classes, which in art class, we're just, I want you to be creative. I want you to enjoy the experience. I want you to have an outlet for yourself. And I'll have students, I can't do this. I can't draw that. And back to you said, like, well, try. I'm here to help, but a lot of it is just the journey, the experience, trying to go through the steps and troubleshoot. And I think that's hard. But really, that's the only way to build self-efficacy where it's okay. I've had to face difficult things before. I have learned from them. So that's kind of what I'm going to have my students do this week. What we're going to talk about is actually pick out some things that you've already learned in your life, that you've had to go through some challenges and you've picked up this skill or this perspective or whatever. Do you have any things in your life specifically where you're like, okay, when I started this, I wasn't very good at it or I thought like, I never thought I would be able to reach this level of proficiency that I'm at now, anything like that? I guess... I remember when I started to learn guitar, it was, this was pre-YouTube, which I think that's great that kids can go on there and learn from there. I'm guessing music purists, like teachers might not like that because it's kind of like anything. You might learn it a different way than the traditional way, but but I think that's a cool tool. Um, I didn't take guitar lessons right away, so the first year was kind of me trying to figure out what I'm doing and realized, oh man, this is not good. <laughs> but then uh, I was lucky where um, our band teacher at the time offered a semester guitar class, so that really helped me get to the point of building the proficiency to build on. And again, I am by no means a great guitar player, but just when I get into streaks of not being able able to play for a while, just I've done it enough now where I can pick it up fairly easy and play play the stuff that I used to be able to. Yep. It takes a little bit of of refresher sometimes, but like I just know where the chords are and mm-hmm. those types of things. But I think the guitar. I am not as proficient a guitar player as you are. I'm very much like three chords strum along sort of thing, but have dabbled with guitar for a long time. Guitar is a good example. I imagine any instrument is a good example of that. Like when you first start learning anything, it's all in that cognitive part of the brain where it's like, I really have to think about it. Guitar, you really have to Mm -hmm. look at it. And then it is funny. There's a handful of songs that I play frequently that like, you don't have to look at all. You're, doing the chords, you're even maybe singing along, and like, there's times, certain songs that I've played a lot, I can actually be thinking about something else, and I'm singing along and still playing, it's sort of like a meditative thing almost, I'm kind of spaced out and just kind of going, because it, it reaches that automatic phase, and we've all gone through that process, I remind my students sometimes, like, you weren't born walking and talking and doing those sorts of things, now you don't have to think about them, you watch a little kid learn how to walk, and it's pull themselves up and fall down and stumble around and they just keep doing it and then eventually it becomes this automatic thing and I think it's important for our students and it's important for all people to remember like you've gone through this process before I think sometimes people get to whatever age they designate sometimes it even is in high school like oh I can't start a new sport I can't start a new extracurricular because I I've already missed it other people started when they were really young 
I just I just don't really buy into that. I don't think you're ever too old to start something, to jump in. You can find something new. One that I thought of for you, martial arts. Mm-hmm. You started doing taekwondo. Uh, we've been doing it together for a long time. That's something I started doing when I was a really little kid. I've done that for 30 years. But you just had a testing and got another belt the other day. A lot of stuff with taekwondo when I first started my... I can't believe I can do what I'm doing now from yeah. from that first day was and again I am functional for a dude of my age and build but uh it's you know pushing yourself to those limits that you know you can or trying to get past the limits has been fun with that so yeah I think that's important too to like not everything's going to be an immediate success I think so I've done like the taekwondo or the kind of traditional Taekwondo for 30 years now. Started getting into jujitsu about a year ago. Really started going to kind of a an actual school, gym, whatever, to train fairly recently. And it's like, oh, it's kind of, I think it's good to go through that beginning process of like, oh, I'm just getting smashed by guys. Like, I, I have, I'm way behind some of these guys in terms of just what they know and then things get a little easier and I'm I'm still I'm trying to learn a little bit every day but it's just that idea of like just get a little better each time out mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden things start to slow down it makes me think that with playing football in college as well I remember getting there and starting to play and I was like this is going a thousand miles an hour like, I literally just felt like I was bouncing around out on the field. Like, I I would was playing defensive line primarily in college. You know, like, shoot my hands on offensive line, and then I just be like, bang, bang, like, ricocheting off of people. Like, how? I don't know what is happening at all. And then it hits a point where, like, it all slows down. Then it was like, oh, then I can tell what I'm doing, and I can make adjustments. And then you watch, I remember then watching a high school football game after that and being like, this could not have been this slow when I played. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. But that's that's kind of the stages for everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're focusing on this week, is a little self-efficacy, which is a great thing as we start the new year. For everybody, whether you're a New Year's resolution person, or I think we all just do a little bit of reflecting at the end of a year and the start of a new year and kind of thinking about what we want the next year to be, to have a little self-efficacy. Remember, it's about the process. That's a good thing. My blog post this week is called Still Flying. So if, maybe, I don't know if you've ever seen this before. You ever seen a bird that's like flying on a super windy day and it's going nowhere? Yep. So I was... Driving one day recently, we've had some windy days recently, and I saw this bird just caught, like perfectly hovering in the air, flying, really flapping, but gaining no ground, just kind of sitting there hovering. And just in my head, not not really trying to make a point, I just to myself, I was like, well, at least he's still flying. <laughs> And I was like, I wonder if a bird, I don't suppose a bird probably has this level of higher order thinking, but like if a bird can appreciate that even on a windy day when it might be hard to fly against the wind, if they can appreciate still flying. 
Because, like, that seems pretty cool to me. Oh, absolutely. Like, to be able to fly, it's kind of one of those things people have dreamed about for forever. Like, you know, what would it be like to fly? And I think we all do that sometimes, where it's like, it's pretty easy for us to get upset about the things that aren't going perfectly in our lives, to get upset about the wind that's blowing in our faces, and then we don't realize, like, hey, we're still flying, though. Like, we still have some good things. That's a good thing to remember, too, kind of at the end of a year and the start of a of a, another year. Have you had experiences like that as well, where you, you have to just remind yourself, like, all right, things are still pretty good. Like, maybe they're not, this thing didn't go how I thought it would, but in the big picture, things are still okay. Yeah, trying to think of anything just right off the bat. Um, you know, I guess exercise routines where it's like, oh, maybe I wish I could lift more or do this faster or more reps or things like that. But then like, well, I can actually do this still. So that's, mm. and knowing it will get better that way. And, you know, just trying to do some of those, again, even just like the Taekwondo stuff, it's like, oh man, I wish I could kick higher with that, but it's like, at least I still can kick like this. True, yeah, so, yeah. I was no. thinking about that today, like, I stopped at my parents' house and I was watching my dad walk back into the house and thinking back, like, okay, when I was trying to think, like, how old I was at my age, how, when my dad was my age now, how old oh. I was trying to think about those things and thinking, like, you know, I can do a lot more of the athletic stuff but it was never my dad's forte he was working all the time but i think about like okay i feel like i am physically in a better spot than my dad was at that point sure when he was my age so just like okay well don't be too hard on yourself because you're still doing these things right now just to hopefully stay more physically active so that's a very good point as we get older we lose things we lose certain physical abilities you lose people, you have personal losses in your life, whatever. But yeah, it is It is good to remember that. That is a funny, I've thought about that as well, that like I now have memories of my, my dad particularly, but of my parents when they were younger than I am now. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of wild to think about. Yep. That like, oh yeah, like I remember when my dad was 30. That's crazy, you know? I mean, like, to look back, it's like, that guy had his whole life in front of him still. I mean, where, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's just kind of a crazy thought. But I think that is a good reminder. I get that way with physical things sometimes, too. Like, if I, like, have an injury or something like that that I work around, like, I'll get upset because I like doing physical stuff all the time. And for me, it was really big perspective. We've talked about, like, when I had all the health issues or whatever, Initially, that was very frustrating for that because I wanted to do the physical things that I could do. And that was just a big part of me getting through that mentally was reminding myself of you've had all of these wonderful things in your life, family, friends, been able to do a lot of things. So like even if you don't get better from this, like you've been more fortunate than maybe I, I deserve or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It was just something that I had a lot of good fortune and... I, one particular thing I remember when I was at the Mayo Clinic, because I had to bounce around the Mayo Clinic and University of Iowa hospitals, 
was at the Mayo Clinic, and I was having to do, basically, they feed you radioactive food. So so you get, like, some scrambled eggs and some toast that has some sort of tracer in it, right? Yep. You eat these scrambled eggs, and then throughout the course of the day, like, I had to keep coming back, so I would just hang around Mayo Clinic and keep coming back to this one office, and they would take pictures. I would stand there, and they would track the food going through your digestive tract. And at that point, I was still feeling not very good, maybe feeling a little sorry for myself, and there was a girl there, appeared to be high school age. I gathered from the decorations on her wheelchair, she was in a wheelchair, that she must have been like a runner, track mm-hmm. and field or, or cross country. And I don't I don't know the specifics of what she was going through, if it was you know, cancer or something like that, but she looked very thin, very weak, and... I remember seeing her and like she was so weak at that point she was struggling to even eat the scrambled eggs like to bring them to mm-hmm. her mouth and to eat and like that was a moment for me where I was like oh like I feel like I feel like I'm being soft like I should maybe like I should just go like I don't give all the attention in the world to this girl like mm-hmm. I was able to have my high school career and play sports in college and do all of these things. So it was like, it's just a good thing to remember. Like things can be, things can be a lot worse. It's good to keep some perspective. There you go. Now our brought to you by segment. This week's episode is brought to you by licking cake batter off the mixing spoon. You a fan or not? I think we know I am. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be more shocking to this audience. I was like, oh, that's just wrong. (laughs) Feelings on cookie dough. You a cookie dough eater? I haven't gotten worms yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That is something, too, that seems to have... Well, it's changed a lot since we were kids. Also because now they make a lot of edible cookie dough. Yes. Like, you can just go just to the store. Just a tub of it. Yeah. yeah, like a tub of it that's not even intended and to be... And it's marketed, yes. To yeah. To be just straight up eat that cookie dough. Yeah, so, like, Claire loves cookie dough, so I'll just get her the edible cookie dough stuff. So, have good you, work science there, figuring out... Have you ever thought about, like, did our parents just think we couldn't understand the concept of salmonella? <laughs> but they're like, he'll get worms, though. Like, he'll understand, like... Well, just don't want to eat it because you'll get worms. Did your parents ever tell you that? That's what we no, were that's funny. Told. I wasn't told worms. I think salmonella was always the thing that I that I heard. You know, the raw eggs. That was like the, yeah. the scary thing. However, I definitely ate straight up cookie dough. Like the homemade cookie dough with the eggs in it when I was a kid. And I don't know if you ever got into this, but once I got into high school and I kind of turned into a, a bit of a meathead jock... Drinking raw eggs? You ever, I, you ever I, get that crazy? I never have. I love eggs. I have never drank raw eggs. But I always thought with the cookie dough, and like, oh, I shouldn't do that. My Rocky drank eggs, so I'm fine if that, I ate it in cookie dough. Well, I think that was my <laughs> motivation. It was one particular friend of mine, and I decided that, like, well, we should just be drinking eggs. Like, Rocky drank eggs, 
seems like the thing to do. And that was at the time, too, of, like, the like the muscle and fitness, like those magazines and stuff. I had kind of gotten into those. So, uh, yeah, drinking raw eggs, which is not great. I love eggs cooked. And, you know, an egg doesn't take a long time to cook. No. And you can prepare it a whole bunch of different ways. <laughs> still get the same protein out of it. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so I still eat a lot of eggs, but I, I cook them up. Uh, not, the, not the raw eggs, but uh, what's your... Favorite way to have eggs prepared? I like it when you can dip toast in them. The, yeah, yeah, the yep. dippy egg. Like straight sunny side up, or do you try to get fancy and go over easy with it? Uh, probably just sunny side up. Yeah. yeah, that's me too. I like sunny side up. I'll crack several of them into the pan, and then I I like to use it as like a condiment, like the egg yolk. I'll just throw it on top of whatever I'm eating. Oh, like, yeah. It's so good. It's great. You know, it doesn't have to be just breakfast. I do a lot of, like, potatoes and meat and stuff like that. Throw some eggs on there. Pretty good. I love eggs from my head down to my legs. Was that, that was the, that's song, the old commercial, right? right? The yeah, Incredible right. Edible Egg. You bet. Very good. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, licking the cake batter off of a mixing spoon. Whenever I'm thinking of these, like, fake brought to you by things, it's like the simple little pleasure stuff. And I don't... I like going to like a, a cool restaurant or experiencing different food, those sorts of things. But I don't know if there's ever a food experience that gets better than when you're like a little kid and you're making stuff like that and like just eating the cookie dough or licking the cake batter off of the spoon. Like that might be the height of eating experience. You, you can't let it go to waste. That's the problem. <laughs> just. just. That was just sad. So that is a good only one. thing close for me is when you have like the sheet cake and the I call it the real frosting, the stuff with all the sugar, the sugar frosting, yeah, yeah, and the little scallopy frosting that's on the bottom. That oh, for me it's like of course you take that extra, but it's some people you know aren't animals like me and they leave it. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll just scrape up the rest of that. That that to me is bonus frosting. So, that's and I I totally get that. I was never I liked cake. I haven't eaten cake in a long time, but I was never super big on the frosting. So for me, it was sort of a revelation when like the whipped frosting really started taking hold cuz like, oh, this is I can handle this a little bit better. This is a little more for me. For me, whip frosting is a slap in the face. (laughs) (laughs) But I knew I married the right person when we go to graduation stuff. Rachel will scrape her frosting off and give it to me. I was like, that's good. And I'm like, need some of the regular cake then? Doesn't work quite as well. Like, scoop out a chunk of that. (laughs) Gotta get your proportions right. (laughs) Very good. Well, on that note, this is our first podcast episode of the year we will have some more royal fork information coming soon hopefully some other silly things going on uh also keep keep an eye out i will post pictures of the royal fork tray that jamie hooked us up with so thank you there be sure to contact it's been great hearing from some other people either talking about the good news stuff or royal fork or whatever (laughs) Uh, nonsense we're talking about but happy new year to everybody you can connect with us through luke nielsen media and all the socials luke nielsen media at 
Gmail, through LukeNielsen.com. And also, I'll be having some other stuff with Ernest from Earth, my book coming out. We'll just do some kind of some audio stuff and some other different things with the curriculum that I put together for addressing social-emotional stuff and literacy skills using that book, kind of just putting some of that stuff out for people as well because I'm sometimes not so good at promoting that or sharing it and that sort of thing. But it's been pretty cool, people who have interacted with it and seem to connect with it. So try to be a little bit better about that this year as well. Anything else from you? It's a good book. You should buy it and read it. <laughs> Thank you. That should be that's our marketing campaign right there. Jason Squire, head of marketing. Buy it and read it. On that note, thanks for tuning in. Love yourself, love each other, love the fight. Mm-hmm.